Podcast episode 297. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, man, I cannot believe it's taken me this long to have this guy here. He's only one of my best friends. I've known him since I was 12. We have a rapport like very few other people in my life where we can just pick up like that and switch conversations on a dime from just pure silliness to talking about issues, talking about business, talking about whatever. This is one of my best friends in the world. Carson Barch is my guest. His business is A Perfect Line Painting. And A Perfect Line does interiors, they do exteriors, residential, commercial, power washing, refinishing cabinets. They do it all. And I can tell you from personal experience, we hired Carson to paint the interior of our house, and he did an unbelievable job. It was terrific. Now, granted, he was listening to the Godfather book on tape at the time. And so I would hear him just repeat Italian surnames that, for whatever reason, tickled him to death from another part of the house while I was working. Just out of nowhere, I'd just be working, and I'd hear him go, Don Corleone. I'm like, Jesus, Carson, what are you doing up there? But anyway, I thought it a good time to talk to him because, as I've mentioned maybe once or twice, coming up on my 20-year high school reunion. And it's really fun looking back at the people that you went to high school with if you're still tight with them, and I'm still cool with most of the people. I'm lead planner for this, so I'm getting to reach out to everyone, and reconnecting has been great. We had an unusually terrific class, but Carson in particular is near and dear to my heart because for the longest time, when we were in high school, I always thought he was selling himself short. I know I'm a smart guy. I know him to be savvy, but he never seemed to care about school in the least, and so we get into that in this week's episode. Why was that? Why was school such a struggle for him? And then he takes me through all of his various jobs. Once he got through college, finally got it done, got a history degree, did great. And the road up to launching his own business is great stuff, as good as anything I've done in this show. But what's so funny about this episode is that Carson makes me laugh in a way that few others can. So I laugh more and harder in this episode than any other episode I've done. And probably if you tallied it up, this thing would come in first if you added up like a 100 episodes together. It was that much fun. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. So we're setting it up. We go, okay, let's do this on Thursday or whatever day it was. And I had just gone to the gym, and I'm just covered in sweat because Orange Theory, man, I just sweat buckets. It's disgusting. And this one was a particularly sweaty workout. So I'm in the shower. I'm like, I know Carson's going to be early because he's coming from a gig, and he's like, I'll probably be there around noon. We'll see. And I'm like, he's going to be early because I'm going to be in the shower. So he calls me. I don't pick up right away. I call him back and I go, yeah, man, you actually caught me in the shower. Uh, Are you on your way over? How far out are you? Blah, blah, blah. We're just doing all the logistical stuff. And so I go, great. Be here like 20 minutes. That's fine. I'll be ready. And he goes, don't dry off too much. Make sure you're a little bit dewy. (laughs) I've never had anyone ask me to be dewy before, (laughs) which was oddly unnerving, but my God, it killed me. It made me laugh so hard. And I thought about it. So you'll hear at the end of this episode, I'm like, was this dewy enough for you? That's where that comes from. That's a little bit of inside baseball, but that's Carson, man. We talk about the times we did work together. (laughs) We should not work together. That's never a good idea in terms of productivity. But man, some of the funnest times of my entire life, and so to get to see him thriving as El Jefe in his own business here, and he talks about how he's found the rhythm here, and the way he's gotten self-motivated. It's so cool. It's so rewarding. I love this dude. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. First, a couple of notes. One, got recently added to Pandora. That's a cool thing. So that's one more platform you can find me, assuming you're not listening from the homepage or from Spotify, or from iTunes, or from Stitcher, or whatever. But I will tell you, no matter what platform you're on, if you can subscribe, do that. If you can leave us a rating, do that. If you can leave me a review, even better. All of those things help the metrics that help John of All Trades get more visible. I don't know how that works exactly. I don't think I'm supposed to know exactly how that works, though. Because 
These companies write these algorithms in a way that are designed to be impenetrable. So whatever, I know they help. If you can take a couple of seconds and do that, I'd be deeply appreciative. Number two, if you're not up with me on social media, love it if you got on that. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Facebook is the only place for exclusive episode previews. That's where I talk about what's coming up this week. So you get to jump on everyone else. Those usually go up on Mondays. It was a holiday this week, so it went up on Tuesday. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. And I got another one coming for you next week. It's with another alum from my class. I'm really excited about that one. That'll be a much different flavor than this one. But this week, it's Carson Barch. Episode 297 of the John of All Trades podcast features one of my best friends, someone I grew up with, two bus stops away, which if you know Genesee, is still like an intermediate hike. But he's the CEO, creator of A Perfect Line Painting. We talk entrepreneurship, we talk our friendship, and we have so many laughs. His episode starts right now. Yeah, I was usually thinking SoCo. Oh, dude, to this day, uh, like if I smell SoCo, uh-huh. it's like primal, the feeling that it, yeah. like, it comes up in me because that everyone has their alcohol kryptonite. That's mine. Yeah. Mine's, mine's rum. Oh, really? Which What kind of rum? Uh, just spiced rum. <laughs> I smell spiced rum and I'm like, I might vomit. <laughs> Why? What happened? Why were you drinking so much spiced rum? No, I wasn't drinking so much spiced rum. My brother just came home one night with uh, some of his friends one day and... I was like, check this shit out. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got, when was this? Oh, it was in high school. I don't know. No, I think it was, yeah, it must have been like freshman year or high school. I was like, let me show you how to do a man shot. <laughs> and then like, I was like, gang, gang. <laughs> then I was like, I was like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, okay. So apparently you got over that at some point because when we came down for your graduation in Durango, you were like really into mojitos at the time. Oh, yeah, but that's clear rum. Yeah, except you told us to make it with spiced rum. Oh, yeah, because we were trying to do Paco's recipe. Yeah. yeah, and we're like, no, like this is made with white rum. Yeah, I remember. And so, like, we made it. It looked like dirty pond water because, like, you're putting the mint in it. Yeah. You're putting the dark rum, or not the dark rum, but the spiced rum. Yeah. And it tasted like ass, too. Yeah, you put brown sugar in it, too. In case, God, in, really? In case you wanted even more sugar in that okay drink. no you're, you're t- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it was those that did it to me i'll bet know. it was those man because those were horrible no i'm telling you the way that the paco made it it was amazing okay but i could never recreate it okay well i'm going to believe you okay um the first time jason and i tried to make mint juleps <laughs> we <laughs> sitting on the pole <laughs> We, uh, we're like, we're in his apartment and it says to like make simple syrup, mm-hmm. right? So just put yeah. some sugar and in some water and boil yeah. it. We didn't let it cool. Mm. So we poured hot sugar water <laughs> <laughs> over, over bourbon and ice. So the ice all melted and you just have this hot bourbon sugar slurry. I was going to say, you with- to get hummingbirds drunk. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, they loved it. Southern hummingbirds, by the way. I say, son, I don't care for the way that they are changing the derby. And you're... So, okay, this is Carson Barch, and you've been one of my best friends since we were 12, man, mm. which is crazy. You moved up to Genesee. Oh, also, the CEO, creator, head honcho at A Perfect Line Painting. Which is your gig? Which how long have you been doing that now? Uh, we've been in business almost three years now. Three years? Wow! Um, but I've known you since you were twelve. You moved up to Genesee from California when, mm-hmm. like, in fifth grade, right? Yeah. Okay. So I moved up there in sixth grade, and we were like two bus stops away from each other. Yeah. Which in Genesee is about as close as you can reasonably get without exerting too much effort. But it was yep. still a hike between our houses, man. Remember yeah, that? It sure was. It sure <laughs> was. Down the valley and up the hill. Yeah, dude. Like, And I remember like, we'd be on our rollerblades and stuff, and it was always like you, you'd go downhill, and it was fine, but it was terrifying in its own way. <laughs> yeah, it was a steep hill. <laughs> dude, because like, you'd get the speed wobbles. <laughs> yeah, you'd yeah. you go, I'm going to die here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like there wasn't like a flat side of road you could go like skid off of. It was like no, it was, it was like, like a ravine on <laughs> No, like it was it was real high stakes shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then going uphill was just as bad, and it was like cross country skiing. Right? Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. So, yeah, yeah. So 
I don't know, man. I don't really have a first memory of you. Do you have one of me? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't. Maybe in we were in Mister Yarbrough's class together. Yeah, right? that's right. Maybe that. I think maybe or who's this blonde guy getting on the bus? <laughs> I think maybe was it. I don't. I, I don't know. That's deep, man. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, new guy. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Who are you? You're new in town. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, meet me down the K twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. Okay. So here's one. I remember you and I finding different ways to call the two seater in the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah. Because like you know, in every bus, how there's like an emergency exit, and like the last row, there's like you know where three kids could sit, and then there's two. Mm-hmm. The two seater was the best. It was and, a coveted. It was a coveted seat. And as sixth graders, you obviously rule the roost. Oh, duh. I mean. Yeah. Doy hickey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As we used to say back in the day. But but what's funny is, so we've been friends for a long time. Our paths kind of diverged for a while. Like, so you went to Durango. I was in Fort Collins. And then, like, the working world, I remember there was, like, uh, I don't know, a few years where we didn't really see each other. No. And so, like, it was it was weird because at some point right before my wedding, you kind of like just reemerged back in my life somehow, and I don't remember how that was. I probably just moved back up to Denver. Uh, it's possible. Well, so okay, I got married in '09. Yeah, I think that's around the time I came back up. Oh wait, oh wait, oh nine somewhere. In okay, there, I think. And it was funny because you kind of invited yourself to my wedding, which was really funny. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it that way. Yeah, so I, I told you, I'm like, look, hey, I'm, uh, I'm getting married. You're like, ah, cool, buddy. Well, I'll see you in October. I'm like, uh, yeah. I, like, and I had no problem with that. It was just, it was very sort of off putting because we hadn't seen each other much. Uh-huh. It was hilarious. But like, what I think about when I think about you, you and I were always kind of like peanut butter and chocolate in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because you are to this day one of the funniest people I've ever known. Like you make me laugh harder than just about anyone else. I oh think. well, thanks. I feel that way about you, though. So, and that's the thing that's amazing <laughs> to me. I don't know if you find that too. Yeah. Where it's like, because I think about myself it, almost like a Bronx Tale, where I go, "Look, I know I'm funny, but I'm not that funny." Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you find me funny is almost like more life affirming yeah. for me. Like, See, I know. think of my myself as more of a Carlitos way guy. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a sleeve of salt into my underwear, watching Carlito's way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's well played. So we've always just had this natural sort of chemistry where we get around each other. It's very easy going. Like I've never felt forced or labored around you in any way, mm-hmm. yeah. which has always been great. But I was so stoked when you started your own business because when we were in school, I always knew you to be a smart guy, but school never seemed to be really your jam like for a long time. Uh, no, not not at all. I hated I hated school. <laughs> I, I still not a not a big fan of it. Why was that? Uh, I, I just couldn't hold my attention. I'm more I, I like learning with my. I like to do things and learn with my hands. Like that's how I learn. Like okay. sitting and when I was in college and a history major, I'd have to like reread things like all the time because I was like I was like stupid brain. You're not in, you're not taking in <laughs> any on. of this. Yeah, I'm like you're not taking in any of this. I'm like I read three pages. I don't remember anything from that. So oh, dude, it's like when you're on the highway and you start daydreaming. And and then all of a sudden you're like ten miles down the road. You go, Jesus, was I looking at the road this whole time? <laughs> right, yeah, just getting road <laughs> hypnotized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like you all reading. Oh yeah, dude. I'll just like look at the thing and then, and then I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh, well, I don't know what any of that thing is. Or I've, I've been reading the same paragraph for th- <laughs> the past hour. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> wow. Dude, that would make school just excruciating. No wonder. Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't like it. So. Well, and so it's funny. Like when we were in high school. I remember there were days like, because like our high school was weird. I don't think they do it this way anymore. It was like kind of unstructured. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like you'd have three blocks a day and two different days. So there was Maroon Day and White Day and there were three blocks each day. So during access, which is between first and second block and lunch, which is between second and third block, we would frequently like me and Brett and whoever else would go and like watch you paint Mm -hmm. um, in the art room. Yeah. And so... To me, like you saying that makes sense to me because you're you're doing stuff with your hands. I'd watch you mix color, mm-hmm. 
for like minutes on end. I'm like, does he not have the color yet? And it was never like w- exactly where he wanted it until it was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. That, I think that's why I like art and stuff like that and doing I like I like build I like things to have a a tangible a tangible result at the end. Like when I uh McKen- when my friend Mackenzie, his brother, gave me a job at uh that the an IT man I, I had I had Oh yeah so Liam he was on this show. Yeah, so yeah. Liam Keegan, yeah. Yeah, he I had a good time doing that for a while but then I was just like if I have to answer another damn email it's like <laughs> I'm going to kill myself and then I just I just I I stuck it in there for like 3 years and I was like I was like I can't I can't I can't do this and so I think that's like from me doing that cuz it's like I'd always worked construction my entire life before that and <clears throat> Yeah, like okay, so take me through some of your gigs before that one. Okay, because you did a bunch of them. Like one of them, you were like blowing up rocks, weren't you? Yeah, I was a high scaler rock driller. Would do like wow. um, we do. We basically like install. We do landslide stabilization drilling, and like if you ever see the chain link fence that hangs over the side of like a a highway on like rock cliffs, like we would install that. Oh wow! Like I I love I loved that job. If honestly, if I if you didn't have to be work six tens and be gone. Eight months out of the year, six uh, six tens. Yeah, uh, like yeah, six tens. For how long? Till the job was done. And oh, jeez. And then go do it again. So okay, and so how would you get time off then? Or, <laughs> or you just <laughs> time off? <laughs> you don't get that. Sorry. <laughs> am I am I a piker like from uh, Boiler Room? Yeah, yeah. A piker walks at the bell. A piker asks how much vacation time you get in the first year. Vacation time. Yep. You want vacation time? Go teach third grade public school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you didn't even get, you didn't get any health benefits, you didn't get any PTO or anything till you were there for one year, which Holy is- Holy crap, dude, what a meat grinder. Oh yeah, it was a meat grinder, but it was like, I love, I loved, I loved the work, because it was like, ex- it was exciting and dangerous, and like, I got to, via that job, I got to go work at the Hoover Dam, and I got to go put ropes over the side, over the Nevada cliff, and propel down over the- Wow. Over the pa- Nevada powerhouse there, so it was like, I got to go slide down a 600 foot cliff on a rope and it was, it was awesome. I, I loved that, but it was just, you're never, but it was just like the thing where you're working in construction is like, you just, you're a thing. Like you're, uh, you're, you're a number. You're another tool, right? Yeah, exactly. You're no, no one get, no one gives a shit about you. No one cares. It's shut up, get to work, show up here at, show up here at 6 a.m. and then work till five and you have to, you can't go inside this building and use this bathroom. You have to park a mile away. It's uh. just, you just get treated like a second class citizen. Yeah, and then I went and worked with uh Mackenzie's brother and I was like I was like, Oh my god. It's like it's like what? I can like leave and go to the dentist? It's like it's like and, and can then come back and no one's gonna harass me? They're like, Yeah, get out of here. I'm like, Oh my god, what what the, what is this? Like <laughs> you're like, What magical door did I open? Yeah, exactly. And I, wander into this fantastical Narnia. Yeah, exactly. I was like I was like, How do people complain about doing this? I was like I was like, This isn't bad. <laughs> oh, oh, you found out soon enough though. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly it's just a different kind of torture. Like uh, the other <laughs> one's like a mental and physical torture. This one was just like a mental torture that I couldn't escape ever. <laughs> well, and I remember you telling me about like the commute and stuff. Oh yeah, like when when you told me you were doing this, like when I found out you were doing this, I'm like, this doesn't feel like the best fit for Carson. Yeah, no, I I, li- I liked it in the beginning because I was like on the engineering side and I got to go travel a bunch and I was like out there working using my hands and like learning new things. And then I told him eventually I wanted to be a sales guy and. I was there for, I mean, I was a guy who came from drilling rocks and driving tractors yeah. to like IT and I don't know anything about it. And then we had a sale. I told him during a review, my year review, I'm like, Hey, I want to get over eventually onto the sales side once I know more stuff. And then we had a sales guy quit and they're like, Hey, come over to sales. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they're just like, okay, here, here's the deep end. There you go. And I'm like, I'm like, can someone like help me with stuff? And they're like, Oh, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. And I was just spent like a year and a half of just struggling yeah. to try and figure it out. And then I was just all this stress and on top of the traffic driving from sixth and Watt, Lakewood all the way out to the Arapahoe Center, Arapahoe and 25 every day. Ugh. Oh, and that's yeah. like the worst kind of commute too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, horrible. Ugh. That's interesting to me because Carson is funny. I've never really like put the pieces together in this exact way. But the first job we worked together was City of Golden. <laughs> yeah. And we should have been fired every single day. <laughs> yeah. We worked there, which was phenomenal. But like 
you you were always into when we were doing the physical stuff, like when we would like nail a field. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know how baseball fields work, like there's all these attachments that you hook up to the back of a truck and you smooth out a field. So the nail, like you know, it kind of aerates yeah. the ground a little bit, and then there's a beam and smooths it out, and then the drag like is yeah. a finishing touch. And so, like, you taught me all this. You took to it. I don't take to the physical stuff at all. Like, mm-hmm. that's not me. We were brutally hungover one day when we were putting up the outfield fence. <laughs> and, like, we had to dig out these fence posts. And Jamie drove a shovel into your finger. <laughs> yeah. Do you asshole. remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, and you worked the rest of the day with, like, these gnarled, mangled fingers. <laughs> But, like, never bitched about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was amazing to me. We bitched about the heat and the fact that we were hungover. Yeah. And I think, what were we making, like, $9 an hour or yeah, something? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe. It was good money back then. <laughs> oh, it totally was. And, <laughs> and, like, and it took, like, nine hours. I remember thinking, I'm like, I worked so hard for this $81. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like how embarrassing! <laughs> that was good money though back then. That was way better than five. Yeah, it sure was. When it, it was like, oh, you know, there could have been way worse first jobs to have. I mean, Brett was our boss, and we just like <laughs> literally just dicked around all. We got the job done, but it was like you just dicked around all day. And no, was, I wasn't <laughs> there when Brett was the boss. Oh, you weren't. No, uh, I came the summer after we graduated. Oh, yeah. And Brandon was our boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a former meathead? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so now he's in charge of all us meatheads. <laughs> Um, so he he had no real authority. It no, didn't, it didn't matter. No, but that was a good job. My other memory of us almost working together was at the chart house. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, you told me, like, we were just hanging out one day. You go, dude, I heard the busboys at the chart house make bank. I go, tight. All right, let's go apply. So, <laughs> so we drive up there, and we're literally in the parking lot. And we're walking in, and you turn your hat sideways, <laughs> and you you affect this really bizarre like duck walk with like your your arms like you know your your torso's going back and forth. You got your elbows way out. You stick your tongue out, and you go, "Give me a job." <laughs> and <laughs> and I nearly died of laughter, so I had to compose myself before we went in. I'm like, "What was I doing wearing a hat to a job interview?" <laughs> At a fancy place, too. <laughs> what an asshole. Here's the thing, though. They hired you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, like, that's on them, man. Yep. But, so, like, we walk in, and the whole time, like, we fill out this application, and we got interviewed that day, which yep. was the weirdest part to me. Yeah. Because, like, I, and now that I know what I know about restaurants, that's not terribly surprising, but at the time, yeah, like, very surprising. And... The whole time I'm in the interview, all I can think about is you doing that in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Uh-huh. And then before we go in for our first shift, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. Just tell him I died or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and Carson, you know, here's the dumbest part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, what, what do I tell him? You're like, just tell him I was in a car accident or some shit. I go, what? what? No, I... <laughs> and so, like, I'm on my heels. I don't know what to do. And they're like, hey, is uh, is your friend coming in? I go, they don't know if he's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, I'm out of ideas, right? Yeah. So I go with yours, which is stupid. <laughs> and so I have to pretend like I'm really worried about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I did... I think I did eight days there, and then I quit. Yeah. And so, like, I just called up the manager, whatever her name was. And not not the main guy. Not the, not the <laughs> no, guy. I was going to say. <laughs> but, like, there was, a, there was a woman underneath him. Yeah. And I just called her up. I'm like, uh, I'm going to finish out my shifts, and then I'm not going to work here anymore. She goes, oh, okay, thanks for quitting the right way. I go, holy shit, dude, this industry is rough. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, so... I don't remember why you didn't want to do it all of a sudden. I think I wanted to go do something. Something was happening that <laughs> like evening. Like you had a schedule conflict? <laughs> yeah, a high school <laughs> scheduling conflict. I think there was like a party or something like that, and I didn't go to a lot of parties in high school, and I thought that was like super important, <laughs> way more important than changing lettuce at the chart house or <laughs> busing tables. Oh, yeah, dude. So we didn't we didn't get the busboy job. They, <coughs> they put us on salad bar. Yeah. Like, Salad bitch. Yeah, hourly. It was like six fifty an hour. And it sucked. I mean, it, it was it sucked. I, what can I say? Yeah. So uh, you probably made the right choice. 
probably. So I mean, I don't I don't think it's affected you any. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't look back on that and be like, mm, <laughs> what if? <laughs> You're like, boy, I really could have handled that one better. Yeah. Oh man, I would have known how to make C- I would have known how to make Caesar dressing at someone's table. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I definitely made a lot of fresh Caesar back in the day. Oh, see, we, yeah. maybe we should have a little clinic after this. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be really useful for both of us because it's so hard. <laughs> if only there was like a website that I could look up to find out how to make that. Yeah, it's too bad the internet doesn't exist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you burn out at 24-7 networks. Mm-hmm. And was it... I mean, did you know you wanted to do your own thing? Were you at a point because you met with me shortly before you were getting ready to yeah. pull the ejection handle? Yeah, and like you were gathering intel from sort of other entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what I was doing because I knew that I knew that I couldn't uh, if I went back into construction. I knew that basically I'd been out for a while and there wasn't. I knew I'd just basically have to eat shit for yeah. Like probably two or three years, like work your I'd, way back up. Yeah, I knew I'd just have to eat eat a ton of shit, and I knew exactly what that was going to be like. Yeah, and I did not want to do that. So, my old roommate Morgan, he started a paint he started a painting company with one of his friends back in Portland, Oregon. And Morgan is, if you've ever met Morgan, he looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch model, and he has absolutely. <laughs> it's funny because he actually was <laughs> like. <laughs> And he can like he couldn't he couldn't like I don't know he he can't make toast like Morgan is completely inept at everything but it's like he's got the gift of gab okay and he, yeah. and he looks good and and like he so people want to do shit for him yeah exactly yeah like, you're, like, you're like like how did I wind up cleaning Morgan's room and he's outside <laughs> drinking a beer like what you're, the, like why am I ironing his damn shirt yeah, what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> And so I was like, I remember Morgan telling me that him and a buddy started a painting company and he he did it for two years and then he just sold his half to his friend and I, I picked Morgan's brain about it and I'm like, I'm like, shit, I'm like, if Morgan can do this, I can do this. And, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'd actually had experience painting and everything like that. So it wasn't like I was just going into no, uh, going, not knowing what I was doing. And there was also a really low startup cost for it and everything like that between like insurance and, and the equipment needed. It wasn't. Like what is the startup cost for that? Oh, I mean a sprayer, insurance. I mean it's it's under five grand. Wow, it's, it's not a lot of money. Yeah, for a business, dude, that's like that's no. almost nothing. The way you said you described Morgan, you're like he looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch model and was. <laughs> Reminds me of the way Fry describes Zoidberg. <laughs> He's a, he's a monster who looks like he eats garbage and does. <laughs> and Zoidberg's like, damn right. <laughs> damn right. John Zoidberg. Oh, yeah. So, um, okay, so five grand, not bad. How many entrepreneurs did you meet with? Because I was one of them. Morgan was obviously one. Yeah, I met with you. Yeah, you and Morgan. And I talked to my dad. I talked to my dad about it, too, because my dad started his own banking company. Yeah. Uh, his own his own bank, uh, First Municipal Leasing, way back when. And, um Trying to think if there was anyone else I talked to. Wait, what did your dad do? My dad used to he'd like be the loan guy for like municipalities. Okay. And so So I never knew what your dad did. I knew he worked from home a bunch. Yeah. But I, I asked my dad, I'm like, do you know what Carson's dad does? And my dad goes, I think he's like a chemist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> like, was my dad just did he just pluck a word out of the air? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't, I don't think you can do that from home. Like, no. I've never seen lab equipment and no. shit. No. So. That dad was <laughs> secretly Walter White. <laughs> Just meth shining out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. He worked for like, uh, he worked for like, well, uh, I can't remember. He worked for a few banks, but he kept getting laid off and then said, Screw it. Okay. And nice. So then he just started his own first municipal leasing co- corporation. And, and when was that? Oh, geez. Uh, 90. Oh, so like when you were a kid. Yeah. Okay. And he, he stopped doing it, I think, about his last deal ran out, I think, about four or five, four or five years ago, somewhere in there. Jeez. Wow, dude. That's a hell of a run. Yeah. I think he, he liked doing it. So, but yeah, I was like, I asked him about it, and I think like the biggest thing it really kind of came down to was just honestly just having the balls to just do it. Totally, because it's like I I saved up, I saved up a bu- I saved up a bunch of money where I was like I was like oh I should be fine for like four to six months. So I was like this should cover all my bills, but then 
once I came once I came out, I pretty much hit the ground running and like did everything I needed to do to get the business up and running. And then I don't even remember how the hell I even got my first job or anything like that. But it was just I remember I got my first job within three weeks of me starting the company. Was it residential or commercial? It was a residential one. Gosh, what the hell was it? Oh, I think I power washed my friend Margaret's dad's house, and then <laughs> I painted some old ladies' thing. I can't remember. I painted some old ladies' thing. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a euphemism. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, and then I got some free, ch- and then I bought some chairs off of her. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was like I was pretty. Uh, I remember hearing Kristen talking to someone. Uh, Kristen, my wife, talking to someone, saying she was like, she's like, I was really surprised at how fast. You just got that gut, how fast everything came together, and there's been no looking back. But it's like all just, it's really just having the balls to do it. It's really all it comes down to. Because once you just take, once you take that leap and you know there's no safety net or anything like that, you have to figure shit out on your own. And, you know, if you just, if you wake up and show up, like that's ha- that's way more than half of it. Cause I can't count how many people I went to and they're, they're like, wow, you're the first person to show up. And I'm like, yep, that's how I, that's how I'm in business. <laughs> Definitely not my first customer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, showing up is fucking half the battle. Yeah, and exactly. people like forget that. Yep. I mean, so I wrote something on my blog recently about when I stopped being afraid of asking out girls mm-hmm. when I was in high school, yeah. because I used to get paralyzed with dread about it, you know, yeah. like that fear of rejection and whatever. Yeah. And at one point I was down in Texas and I was at this new year's Eve party with all these band geeks and I like how I ended up there. Like, I don't really remember. I think I was with my friend Ryan and his girlfriend. I didn't know anyone else. I had nothing to do. And so we go to this party and there's this cute chick. We're hitting it off. And I go, why don't you just ask her out? I'm like, I can't. My penis. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, dude, you're in Texas at a party with a bunch of band geeks. You're never going to see any of these nerds again. Just do it. And so, and I just like blunt force instrument too. I go, Lucy. She goes, hey, what? And I go, can I have your phone number so I can ask you out sometime? Just literally straight down Main Street like that. And she goes, sure. Let me grab a pen. Yep. And I go, what happened? Yeah. Like, what? Is that it? That is it. Like, so when it comes to business, it's like, hey, I'm in business. I'm good at it. We should talk. Yeah, that's exactly you it. You just yeah. show up and people like respond to that energy when you actually show up and then do what you say you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think also another thing, too, is like just being direct about things as well. Like, yeah, totally. It, yeah. Yeah. I think that helps a lot. And it's always, oh, one thing I, I can't stand with like being a business owner is like I've, I've worked with a, a few contractors like that that just like ghost me or something like that or yeah. people. It's oh, like, I it's hate like, that. it's like, dude, just call me and tell me we're not working together. I'm a fucking adult. <laughs> like I can take a, I can say, I can say, okay, that's, that sucks. All right. Bye. Click. Phone conversation is overnight. Let's move ahead. Yeah, exactly. And I can go figure out what I need to do to make this, to make this work now. And you just, instead of just being like, no, I'm not going to answer my phone. <laughs> Confrontation. Yeah, like instead of leaving things dangling like you're a fucking worm on a hook. Yeah. Like that's just such a dumb way of doing business. And oh, yeah. like I deal with people like that too. They're just too afraid to say no. Oh, I know. I can't stand that. And so I remember one time I was uh like I used to in my corporate gig, a colleague of mine who I really liked, their company was hosting a party during this whole like it's it's a whole week where all these assholes get together and just mm-hmm. Like, there's a conference, and it's all this shit that I hate, right? Yeah. She goes, are you coming to our party tonight? And I go, no. And she goes, wow. She's like, that is so refreshing. <laughs> Thank you. Like, right, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sad that you're not going to be there. I go, no, I hate shit like this. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go home. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> and so <laughs> just like the directness of that is so useful in business. And what's weird, man, is it's way more uncommon than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised you've been successful. Uh, also, you have, I don't know if you're aware of how charming you actually are. Oh. Uh, or are you aware? Uh, I'm getting more aware. <laughs> <laughs> I know it always works on all old ladies that I have cut that I'm like, I, I like any, anytime there's like an old, an older lady, I always win the business. But, but that's also because I'll just go do the paint. I'll go do the work too. Cause it's most of the times it's their shirtless. Like, they're with their. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll charge extra for that now, and be like, "And this line right here is the shirtless." 
Yeah. Can I check it? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're interested in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a taste. The first lick is free. <laughs> yeah, but it's like if it's old if it's like old ladies all I'll I'll just go I'll go do it. I won't send my crew to go do it cuz it's usually most of the times they just stand there and talk to me cuz I know they're lonely and I always wind up doing other things around the house <laughs> for them. They're they're like they're like, "Oh, this thing here." I'm like, "I'm like, do you want me to change this light bulb for you? It looks out." And they're like they're like, "Oh, that'd be great." And I just wind up doing a whole bunch of stuff for them. <laughs> Because they're just old, they're just old people, and they need help. In there's like their significant other isn't there anymore, you know. So wow. So and it's all also it's fun because sometimes you get like an old lady who likes to bust your balls like the entire time you're working. It's I, I dude, old I, ladies who can shit talk are oh, dude, like I, some of my favorite people. Oh, I enjoy the shit out of that. I love it. I love it. And she's like, "Are you gonna paint that spot over there?" I'm like, "I'm not there yet, Phyllis. Leave me alone." <laughs> Mind your business. Yeah, just keep sitting in your thing. Can I have more iced tea? <laughs> Because I'll bet they love to make you shit too, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, let's get some food. Some yeah, some food out of them. It's pretty good. Oh my god, dude, that's <laughs> so funny. And then, oh my god. So my mom, she's used this carpet cleaner for like, I don't know. At this point now, probably forty years. Uh-huh. This guy named Jim Swanson, who's yeah. phenomenal. He's I've worked with him a bunch of times too. Yeah. But she tells everyone about him and uh-huh. built his entire business on the west side of town because he's from aurora oh really and so he did a good job for her and she tells fucking everyone yeah yeah so like if you can get a few of those dude they're almost like the original influencers in that way yeah it's like uh, when i first when i first started pretty much i mean a lot of my still a lot of my business is referral based is all sure. from previous customers so it's i mean must be doing something. Must be doing something right. If I continue to just be like, "Oh, well, you painted Jen's house down the road here." Uh, she told me to call you, so that was pretty much how all of my I got all of my business to start. And then I joined um, uh, BNI, the networking, the BNI networking group, and that really kind of kept me kept me afloat my first year. Sure. So. But yeah, it's all, it's all about it's all it's crazy how much the, like all of everything is like a network now. I wish someone would have told yeah. me that a <laughs> long time. I'm sure someone did, but I was just like, whatever, Dad. Like, <laughs> what do you know about business? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you've only run your own successful one, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude. So to that point, um, I'll go talk to college kids sometime, and like you should start doing that because like your insight will be really really useful here, and. I tell them, I'm like, everyone always tells you to network, mm-hmm. but no one tells you how, right? Yeah. And, and they all go, uh, that's true. No, no one tells you how. Yeah, yeah. And I go, here's how you do it. Yeah. Okay? Like, when you're coming out of college, talk to your parents, have them hook you up with their friends. Yeah. Like, no matter what their friends are doing, just yeah. go and get on their schedule. Yeah. Tell them what you're interested in, uh-huh. because they will know other people. Your goal when you meet these people is not to have them offer you a job. Yeah. Your goal is to have them introduce you to other people that yeah. they know. Yeah. And you you chain it out that way. Yeah. And so just doing as many informational interviews as you can. So for instance, like you came and talked to me. Mm-hmm. I talked to my wife who's a property manager mm-hmm. at, at a hospital. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, Carson's a painter? Great. I yeah. always like need that. Yeah. <laughs> you show up, you do a good job for her. And then like now you've got a customer, man. Yeah. Like, yep. And so, and a great customer like that because tenants are moving in, moving out, mm. all that kind of shit, yep. right? So, yep. like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, that that reminds me. I think one of my first jobs was as I started call, started cold calling real estate agents in like Winter Park area because I knew they had a, I knew there was a short, there's a shortage of labor up there. Oh wow. And okay. That, and that, oh, it, nice move. Yeah. And so, like the re, the real estate agent that I wor- wound up working with up there actually like painted I think like four or five places for it and, and a couple places down here from. Just other real estate agents that were <clears throat> sure. in, in her in her uh, group, uh, so yeah, it was just yeah, I, yeah. The networking thing is is super important. I don't think it's like a good idea to go in and be like, oh hey, I want to just. I mean, I think for certain things like what I did with you, where it's like pick your brain, but it's like once you kind of have a direction of where you want to go, yeah. it's more important to be like to have an ask and have something to offer. The person is really yeah. is really very important instead of just being like, well, huh, him, huh, huh. Yeah, you show yeah, like if you show up with your hat in hand, yeah, being like, I have a business, <laughs> and <laughs> and people go, it sounds stupid. Yeah, like yeah. I I'm not even listening anymore. Like if you if you come at it wrong, but if you come strong with the value proposition yeah. for them, yeah, like here's what you get um, if you do this, and 
people get that equation inverted sometimes. I think. Yeah, yeah. And so hearing you say that, I'm like, dude, that's that's really smart. Like, so that's got to be hard driving up to Winter Park like that much. Yeah, it's it sucked, but it was like, I mean, but it's a means to an end. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like when you started this, I mean, you kind of took to it right away, like. Just the rhythms of entrepreneurship. Not everyone is that kind of self-directed. Uh-huh. Uh, how was it for you, like, structuring your day and getting out there and pounding the pavement? How'd you feel in the early going? Oh, I, I loved it. It was it was great. I'm, I, I have a hard time kind of self-motivating, but I found that this was easy to do, mm-hmm. like, certain things in, in my own life I'm probably a piece of shit about, but... <laughs> <laughs> but with this, it's like I, I have a di- I have a direction. I do I do much better. I I, I live a lot better within structure, but I don't huh. want it around me. Like I need structure. I need someone to tell me what to do. But it's like this is the one thing. Just because there's <laughs> there's a there's you know there's a gain from it and there's money. I think it's probably the only thing that okay. Directs me. So so you need structure, but you hate it. Yeah, dude, you're like a French woman. <laughs> like how's that? How's that? Like, get over here, you beautiful man. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. You lean in. Get away from me. I don't like you. I don't want it. Why are you going away? Come kiss me. Come kiss me, you beautiful man. No, get away. I don't like it. It's like you're at my house. It's like I live in your head, man. So, dude, and it's so funny. I can always tell when, um, (laughs) <laughs> I can always tell when you find something I say really funny because you'll repeat it back to me like 10 times. We were skiing one time and like we were getting ready to go up like I, we were in like the parking lot of Breckenridge, I think. And there was this shirtless dumbass just somewhere. And I go, man, look at this penis. <laughs> We'd be on the lift and you just start laughing. You're like, man, look at this penis. <laughs> I'm like, wow, dude, that's still getting it. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking life affirming hanging out with you. It's funny, I still do call people a penis. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, look at this penis. <laughs> I think I even called him a walking penis. <laughs> I'm like, look at this walking penis. <laughs> okay, so now that you have this business... I mean, I know I don't think I could go back and work for anyone again. That mm. that seems like it would be tough. What about you? Where are you? What is so- no different question? What is something that has surprised you about running your own business? Either something you've either that you thought you would enjoy but didn't, or something that you didn't think you'd enjoy but you do. Is there something like that? Oh man, I didn't think. I would become this addicted to freedom. (laughs) (laughs) As an American? No, just as a business owner. Because it's like when you're working for someone else, I mean, you still have freedoms, but... Not really. No. I I mean, yesterday I worked for 12 12 hours from from 10 to like 8.30 or something like that, and... And then I was supposed to get up early and go paint this place today. At, I was going to try and get there by 8, and then I my alarm went off, and I said, screw this. And then I showed up there at 10, and the job's going to get done no matter what. But I think that's what I got addicted to. I, I do like – can you ask me that question again? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what what is something that you are surprised that you thought you wouldn't like that you do or something – that you didn't think you would like, or um, reverse it. I think I, I like I like managing people because uh, I've always I'd never really been in a I guess maybe I'd never really had. Oh, I like firing people. <laughs> I've only had to do it once, but it was spectacular. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I threw all of James shit out on the road because I, I was painting. I was, had him painting this thing for this house, and he was getting catfished by someone online, and he was constantly asking me for money. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. He was, he, what? He was a real treasure. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I've never known anyone who's gotten catfished in real life. Oh yeah, dude. He was like. So I I randomly meet. Well, it was, he's like the first guy I ever like brought on, first sub I ever brought on, and I met him at the paint store, and I was having troubles. I I, I had a bunch of shit on my plate, and I needed backup, and. I had I had his card. I called him. He came and started work for me. He did it. He did a great job. He did a great job. But he he had this girl. He said he had this girlfriend that he'd been texting with a whole bunch. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, one day he's like, he's like, hey, I'm gonna need this next week off. My girlfriend's coming into town. I was like, yeah, that's no problem. 
And then he's like, he's like, uh, this the day shows up when she's supposed to be here, and he's like, hey, you got any work for me? I'm like, I thought you were gonna go pick your lady up from the airport, and he's like, ah. Eh. Her flight's not coming. I'm like, well, what's her flight? Like, what's the number? When's she supposed to arrive? And he's like, oh, well, she doesn't know. I'm like, I'm like, this isn't something that's all run all willy nilly here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, flights are scheduled, and you know exactly when they're supposed to show up. And he's like, oh, fed me this line of shit. And I was like, okay. And then Chris Hansen showed up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's holding a six pack of Mike's hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now and he was like, no, he's like, he's like, oh, she's like stuck in London or something like that. Oh, Had to go. And I'm like, God. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And then, and then it comes around again, and I'm like, finally, he's like asking me for like advances and stuff, and I'd just given him an advance to like after before a job was finished. And then he starts to go do this other one, and I'm like, ask me for more money. I'm like, I'm like, why am I going to give you more money? I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I've given you twelve thousand dollars. And the, I was like, over the past two months, I was like, I was like, I'm not giving. I was like, why should I give you more money? What are you doing with your money? I was like, this is none of my business, dude. That's pretty good money too. Over two months, yeah, twelve grand, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, I know. And I, you fucking, I don't know what the fuck he did with it. <laughs> it was fucking a fart in a fan factory, gone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, keep going. But yeah, so he like asked me for this. Adv- he finishes this one job and then asked me for an advance. He gonna make it? <laughs> I'll be fine. And he asked me. So he starts. Thank paying- God I'm not interviewing for a salad bar job. <laughs> <laughs> so I have him finish this one job and I gave him an advance to finish that job. And then the job gets finished. He's like, "Well, I need more money." I'm like, "Well, I gave you all of the money at uh, bef- halfway through that last job. I'm not giving you any more money." He's like, "What about this one?" I'm like, "No." I'm not giving you any money. He's like, well, what if I just don't show up? And I was like, he's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to paint? And I was like, you're damn fucking right. I'm going to paint it. I was like, come get your shit in the morning. You're fucking fired. Get out. And like, so I went to the people's houses. This is like this nice old couple too. And I'm like packing all of James's shit up. And I just threw it out on the fucking corner of the, <laughs> of the thing. And he shows up in his van like a puppy dog, like with his eyes up. I'm like, oh. He's like, he's like, had this look when he showed up. The look on his face was, oh, shit. I really did just take a big shit in my bed. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and then he comes over and he, he's like he's like I was like I was like here's your stuff. Get out of here. I was like don't come inside. You're not allowed. I was like leave. Leave right now. And he's like he's like well do I get any money for what I did? <laughs> what? And I'm like I'm like no. I was like you cost me a client back in Boulder and I was like I lost $1000 on that and I was like I haven't seen shit from you for that. I was like get the fuck out of here. And he's like well can I at least have some money for gas? I was like no. Leave. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Take the hint. Yeah, so I was like, "No, leave. You're gone. Bye." And then, yeah, after that, I was like, "I was like, yeah, I kind of like this." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Am I creating a monster?" But now I got Raul, and there's no, there's no issues. He's the best. But well, the- I mean, you mentioned liking managing people. I mean, yeah. that guy ended up obviously yeah. having a, a slew of problems. Yeah, that to me, like, that's an impulse I don't relate to. Yeah. I've never wanted to manage people because I, I hate being managed. Yeah, see, I don't really man- – I think I just I, – I, I guess it comes down more to like what we were saying earlier about how construction, you're just treated like a number and you're not oh, – you're, yeah. you're nothing. So it's like you just get shit on all the time. And then when I went and worked in the office, I saw how everything else was. And I was like, well, I was like, when I start my business, I was like, I'm going to – run my business this way because I don't like be- I don't like the way that I've been treated. And oh, it's not, sure, yeah. And it's not right. Like, a little example is I had, God, I had this client that just, I ha- like, I have been working with, Raul's been with me now for almost, for two years, and it's like I, I show up, I drop paint off, I show him what to do, I leave, I come back, everyone's happy. There's... Looks money. Oh, yeah, and every everyone's always happy. They're like, I love him. I love him and his family. They're great, and blah, blah, blah. And this woman was just over over Raul's shoulder with a jeweler's loop, like just micromanaging these guys, and the thing took well over a week to do when it should have only taken three or four days. A jeweler's loop? Yeah, like a jeweler's loop. Like, like oh Jesus, like the shot glass. Yeah, no, thing. I mean she wasn't like really. <laughs> no, doing I understand it. Yeah, that, yeah. but like I, for some reason I couldn't call to mind what that was. Yeah, yeah. For for some reason I was picturing like <laughs> not jeweler's loop, but like a like piano wire. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's way different. Yeah, yeah. A jeweler's loop sounds better than magnifying glass. <laughs> no, sh- it's, it's way more, uh, it's got some uh, panache to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this takes way longer. And then I was talking with him, I was talking with him and I was like, I was like, hey, are you going down to New Mexico to visit 
your daughter and he's like no we got too much work and he's like well we got to go paint Lindsay's salon and then do this other thing after that and i was like dude i was like who cares i was like well i was like what we schedule this i was like go see your family i'm like i don't <laughs> i'm like i'm like we can we can wait what i was like wait, i can call Lindsay and we can reschedule this for next week it's it's not a big deal yeah and he's like oh thank you and so i mean he goes so it's like i just try and like i like treating people the way i want to be treated so it's like i think that and i and i i think that i think raul it really appreciates it like i've been to, sure i've been to a bunch of birthday parties at his, ha- <laughs> at his house like they, they they're great they actually live like right down the street from me they're awesome man cool <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we like hang out i guess we're i guess we're pseudo friends but i don't know but it's yeah just i mean like, it's still hierarchical yeah which... yeah but it's like i you know it's like i'm not i'm not trying to I don't want to. Yeah, you're not big a, timing him. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm one of the guys, man. <laughs> well, you can't be one of the guys no. entirely either. No, I'm, I'm Hefe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buck stops with you, yeah, like, exactly. and that's fine. But dude, that's like that's so cool to hear because it's so easy to become a red ass too. Oh yeah, I've I've worked for enough alcoholics and red asses that's <laughs> like I don't ever. I, you haven't really had like I, I mean I understand there's probably bad bosses in the office but there's nothing worse than like working outside being super hot and just having Daryl over your shoulder screaming at you and you can smell the booze dripping off of him, oh, from, gross. him from the night before and just just doing the worst digging a ditch literally digging a ditch <laughs> <laughs> and you're like and you're like what did I do with my life to end up here like, you're like is this hell yeah I'm pretty close I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no dude I believe that yeah bad office bosses are it's a little bit more psychological warfare yeah it's I mean I only had one boss and it was that it was that fucking monster from the energy drink uh-huh yeah um, who would like literally i've never had people scream in my face before oh yeah except yeah. for him yeah and i'm like dude we're slinging energy drink here right yeah like easy does it here yeah. like, maybe lay off your own fucking product here yeah. madman <laughs> yeah but outside of that usually it's more like it's like it manifests almost like minnesota nice mm-hmm. right where there's this very subtle passive aggression mm-hmm. about what you're doing and you think about it constantly and you're going man fuck you like that's that's ultimately all you can think and mm-hmm. you can't say anything because you're in this office setting and it's all very like chaste yeah you know? so yeah i yeah i understand that when i was like when i was at 24 7 they it's like obviously because i've worked construction my entire life sending out emails and sounding smart over emails really isn't my strong suit <laughs> I mean, when you get the, the wordsmithing, yeah, yeah, my wordsmithing is see exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did not mean to do that to it's you. Okay. That was so it's, shitty. It's okay. I don't care. <laughs> I, I know what I know, so it's okay. I understand. But no, it's like I mean, when you get an email from me, and I, I sound like a fucking like a like a Mensa member painter, but like in an IT setting, they're like they're like, yeah, this is you're a fucking idiot, dude. Like, send your emails to Hyro before you send them out. I'm like I'm like I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna need to review this before it goes out. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so then you just get like paralysis from analysis. Uh-huh. It's like not great. But yeah, it's like. I don't know. I had this. I had. I had this when I was a drill. When I was a driller, I had this boss who was like just. He was an army guy, and he would just like yell at you. And like, I worked with this guy Matt, and he, <laughs> he was he was in the navy. He was in the navy, and like Tim came down and ripped our ass, like ripped it up and down. And then like Tim, and then like Matt's like dancing around, like just a few minutes later. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, Tim's like super pissed at us. He's like, who fucking cares, dude? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Who fucking cares? <laughs> You're like, how about that? Yeah, didn't know that was an available reaction to have. To yeah, this. exactly. He's like, he's like, he's like, what? Well, we're not gonna fucking die right here. He's like, who, what does it even matter? I'm like, I'm like, God, you are making so much sense right now. And then, dude, and then when I left that job and I went and started selling cars. <laughs> Dude, you just get boiler roomed in a car. Like the what do you think the back office of what a car of what a car car lot sounds like is exactly what it sounds like. And oh my god! They, oh, dude, and they just light you up. It's, it's I, I assume it's probably what, it, what basic training sounds like. Just a drill sergeant flinging the f bomb everywhere, screaming and yelling at you. And I remember just being there, just like I don't care, dude. Like, what, are we, what are we gonna die out in front of this place selling cars? <laughs> Shut up. Were you good at selling cars? Uh, I I continually sold more cars each month than the previous month, but oh. I only did it for 
I only did it for three months, but I really, <laughs> I, I, I had to leave because it was just, you're, you're, the only trick to selling cars is you're always there. That's the trick. Oh, God, really? That's the trick. They're like, you want to sell a lot of cars? Show up on your day off. And you're like, you're like mm, I don't think that's going to happen, big guy. <laughs> oh, gross. I've heard a little bit about car dealerships. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Boiler Room, Glengarry, Glen Ross, that oh, kind of oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin shows up on a mission of mercy and then just <laughs> proceeds to light you up. Like, like, yeah. You want to sell a bunch of cars? You want to wear a fancy Rolex? Then get your ass out there on the fucking point and sell a car. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, it's that easy, Gil? Okay. <laughs> Oh, thanks, a panel. Okay, hang on, let me go grab this woman right here, and we'll just, like, put her in a car, and she'll sign a paper right now. Is that how this works? Yeah, no, perfect. (laughs) Um, Did you have to do the box, like... Uh, oh, did, yeah. Do they teach you the box? The box, no. So, like, the four quadrants box? No. Um, and it's got all these numbers meant to distract you from the fact that your payment is going up? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, like, because when you're buying a car, you need to keep your eye on one number, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just... The, the, the bottom line number. What are you going to pay for this yeah. in total? Yeah. And they'll try and distract you with like, here's what your trade in is. And here's your potential monthly payment. And yeah. then here's these up. And so like, there's, yeah, there's this box that they te- that yeah. I've read about. I don't know anything about selling cars. But. Yeah. No, no. The, be- the best thing to do for that is show up towards the end of the month. Well, obviously have the credit to buy it because p- poor people who have bad credit always want to buy a car. A, ri- a person who has good credit and has the money to buy a car can just fucking string you along and dick you around <laughs> and do whatever the fuck they want because they can, they have buying power. Yeah. But the best thing to do is honestly just show up at the end of the month and obviously know what you want because they'll try and tell you to focus on payment instead of the, the end game. Yeah. Be like, be like, no. Don't, this is a low monthly payment, but it's like if you show up at the if you show up at the end of the month and you have the money and someone you get someone who needs to sell that one extra car or whatever to so like is. meet quota or whatever. Oh yeah, because because okay. it can be the difference between you making uh, whatever the person might not make any money on the car, but they might make an additional five thousand dollars from a spiff or something like oh, that. Oh sure, yeah. So if they're like at thirteen cars and they need to sell fourteen or something like that, and they and your car is number fourteen, they'll be like, whatever, I'll make more money on this thing. They'll level that. up exactly. Okay, th- yes, through <laughs> some sales incentive structure that you you're unaware it. of. Yeah. I, okay, interesting. Yeah, so it's like go. go Going at the end of the month is really kind of a thing, and then just okay. honestly, just sticking to sticking to your guns, and then honestly, like be pulling a George Costanza. We're walking. <laughs> yeah, just threatening to leave, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. What, what are they going to do? Just like, and then they'll just call you. They'll call you all the time. I'll oh yeah, like, no, hey, I, like, hey, let me tell you about this great new expedition we got on the lot. <laughs> you're like, really? I'll bet it's like all the other ones. Yeah, exactly. But uh, this one's better. <laughs> No, because I'm selling it to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, God, dude, that's funny. All right, we got to wrap up. I know you got a gig you got to get to. Okay. So, so this is the time in the show when we do plugs. Where can people find you? Where can they find a Perfect Line Painting? Plug Wait, anything you want. They can find me at aperfectlinepainting.com. I have a Facebook page that – oh, I need to ask you. I, I don't know how to put pictures on my business Facebook page anymore because I'm an idiot. <laughs> they, like, move some butt- – I hate Facebook. Uh, you can find me there. Don't leave me a message on there. Call me. Text me. Uh, I have sure. links to it on my website. I have a Google My Business page. I guess that's it. Aperfectlinepainting.com. There you go. So, boom. Perfect. Well, Carson, this was enormously fun, yeah, as it, it always is. And uh, you, I, and I can personally vouch for you. I mean, Kristen, you've done a ton of work for my wife in mm-hmm. the commercial space. Yeah, you've also worked in here in yes, this house. I did paint your house. Yes, um, and like in a different context, could be a punchline. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Carson painted my house, but in this case, man, no, we. We asked you because, like, Kristen had thrown you a ton of business. Yeah. You do great work, and it turned out exceptionally. Like, I yeah. could not be more thrilled with yeah. the work that you did. So I- I'm glad you put up with me painting your house at the time because I was listening to that Godfather book, and I think I kept selling Abu Dando. <laughs> you would say, yeah, God, you would say that, and you would say, like, Don Corleone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd just be, like, working here, and I was working on that fucking <laughs> Irish dance, like, campaign, too. Yeah. Which... That did not have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And so I was banging my head against the wall on that. And then just randomly, I'd hear you just say these Italian names <laughs> for another part of my house. And I'm like, God, shut up, Carson. <laughs> so, uh, I like that book. It was a good book, Godfather. People should check it out. Yeah. Hey, that's a real hot take to close things out. That's Thank perfect. you. Thank you. Water is wet. <laughs> I've heard. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, was this dewy enough for you? <laughs> you were not dewy enough for me. All right, fair You're enough. <laughs> well, I wish you continued success, my man. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And that'll do it for a very dewy but not glistening episode of 297 of the John of All Trades podcast with Carson Barge, one of my best friends, creator of a perfect line painting, unbelievable work he does. Thrilled to feature him. Another Golden High School Class of 2000 alum. I'm always thrilled to feature the work there. Check out all the links he mentioned on the companion blog piece. That's johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us, or in the show notes. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your pods, find it there. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. That's my entrepreneurial hustle. I do all manner of PR, communication, stakeholder outreach, and podcasting. In addition to this show, I produce three others. I've got a fourth one in development. So if you've got a podcast you're thinking about, I can help you conceptualize it, produce it, execute it, whatever you need done, I'm your guy. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees. Number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Building a campaign, social media marketing, online advertising, reaching people through email. They create amazing campaigns and then deploy them on the platform where the people who need to see them are. They're winning awards. Been my sponsor since episode one. I adore them. Number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I'm out of here for this week. I hope you had a happy and safe fourth. I hope you're enjoying your summer. Thank you for making me a part of your life. Cannot wait to see you out there. And until I hear you again... Say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.